Brother Steve has the message this morning, and he's asked me to read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. But before I do so, would you pray with me? Father, we are, as always, thankful that we can come together, thankful that uh, we might remember our Lord and Savior, that we might greet one another and encourage, and that we might hear our word from your words. Father, that you, we might be presented a lesson that would help us to uh, be better equipped for works of service that we can honor and glorify you. Father, uh, pray you might bless each of us with a greater desire to serve you, to do your will. Father, and as we hear these words this morning, help us to put them into practice as you have intended. Bless Brother Steve this morning as he brings them to us that he might recall the things prepared and studied, that he might present them in such a way to help us in our service to you. Father, again, we thank you for Christ and what he means to each of us. Let us share that with those that we meet. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt about his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Good morning. It is good to be here today. Our ranks are looking a little thin. Oh, but we have some visitors here as well. Oh, this side's looking good. Okay. This side needs to improve. Is this bride or groom over here? Right. Okay. I always forget that. Anyway, lovely to see you all today. How are we doing? All right. Um, I hope that you, uh, how many of you are here on Wednesday? You know what? Don't raise your hand. We don't want to. You started to. Anyway, I hope that you're here on Wednesday as well, and I appreciate everybody coming today. We have uh, some really good study on uh, Wednesday. And, um, you know, Linda as, and I, as you know, we're back in the Holy Land, God's California. It is like the Holy Land in that it's dry and, and hot, and people are fighting all the time. So, um, anyway, I remember, uh, well, let me back up a second here. One weird thing that's been happening this week is, for some reason, a lot of people have been talking to me um, directly or through other people about who, whether or not God is who He says He is. I've gotten a lot of questions about, well, are you sure God said that? Is He really God? 
And just these really basic questions. And for whatever reason right now, the world wants to be its own master. Everybody wants to be their own boss. Nobody wants to be told what to do. And I think that's always true, but for some reason it seems really, really strong right now. And uh, one of the things that Linda and I, well, I don't want to speak for Linda, um, that I used to really dislike growing up is when I would go to church and the preacher would talk about the five steps of salvation. Anybody with me on that? Oh no, not that boring, boring sermon again. And then, because of the way things have happened today, I think we need to step back a little bit. Um, I started a sport again a few weeks ago that I hadn't played in a long time, uh, or engaged in, I guess is a better way of putting it. And after like 12 years of not doing it, I was terrible at it. I thought I could just pick up where I left off and... I would be good at it again, but I wasn't. And the harder I tried, the more I failed to be any good at it at all. And then it occurred to me, you know what? You need to go back to basics. And that's kind of what I'd like to do this morning is go back to a couple basics. I know I speak on like a really, you know, deep level, man, like most of the time, but this is deep in its own way. And I want to talk about baptism. And I I would like to continue talking about baptism. I don't know if we'll talk about it next Sunday um, or not. I I think we will. But baptism is not the way you enter into a social club. It's not the way that you get your passport so that you can start your journey to heaven. Baptism is a transformative experience, and we're not going to talk about the Holy Spirit aspect of it too much today, but it is the means by which we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit from Acts 2.38, right? It's a transforming experience. It changes us. We're no longer like the other people walking up and down the street. We're changed. We're dead to ourselves. And God's place used to be in the temple of Jerusalem, but now God's place is here in my heart and in your heart. Our bodies are the new temple of God where His Spirit resides. And so I, someone's not here today who likes me to present all my points at the beginning, but hopefully that person is listening. I'm going to tell you everything I'm going to say first, which I don't normally do. I want to talk about God's saving work in you. We are baptized, ellipses, to cleanse us of sin. We're baptized after we confess and after we repent. And those two things go together. Another thing I'm going to try to talk to you about is that good fruit is evidence of repentance. And uh, finally, as sin continues, repentance must continue. And again, uh, talking about our class on Wednesday night, 
Um, we've gone over quite a bit. The, right now we're talking about the last week of Jesus' life and um, the destruction that was coming upon Jerusalem. And if you're not there on Wednesday night, it, it might be good for you to put in context Jesus' words about 30 to 35 years after Jesus ascended back to God. Jerusalem didn't, hadn't repented by then, and Jerusalem was wiped off the face of the earth. And I think we need to understand that context because, as Fred was saying today, there really is an end to everything. He was talking about kids uh, going to school. My kids have just been liking to think, you know what? School's never going to happen. Maybe it'll get COVIDed out or something, and we'll just never have to return. It can be endless summer. But school's coming on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, they don't look happy. But um, that same thing is true for us. We keep living through the endless summer, thinking, well, you know, things will just continue to be like they were. You know what, I'm going to get up tomorrow and things will continue to be the way they've been. Well, there's going to come a day when school's back in session. And I'm not trying to preach gloom and doom here. I'm trying to preach, you know what, we've been bad kids. Our Father loves us, but we've been bad. We've been good. We've been good kids. There's plenty, thing, plenty of things that are good about me. And plenty of things that are good about you. But we have to live under the rules of our Father. And we haven't been. So, just like with my kids, you have two choices. You can do what you're supposed to do, and then we're all good, we'll all have dinner, maybe we'll play video games later. Or, you can just sit there and plant your feet and say, you can't tell me what to do. In which case... It's not going to be a good night for you. And God is no different. He loves us. But this world is full of sin. We were, when we were driving around yesterday, I was talking with my kids about some of the things in, in the world that they find painful that are true. You know, uh, in particular, all of the separation that's happening between people, at least in the United States right now, how we're being pulled apart and pitted against each other. And they've heard key words and phrases that they didn't understand. And why is that, Dad? Why are things that way? And things are that way because we're all selfish. Because the people that came before us were selfish. And we've got to stop that selfishness train and we've got to be the, the children that God meant us to be. Children that He can be proud of. That's our responsibility. And we'll get into it later today. But it's not just, I want you to be a good kid so I can love on you. That is what God wants. God wants us to be good so that He can love us. So that He can bring us into His home. So that we can share meals with Him. On the other hand, for those that just refuse, there's 
coming a time of destruction, just like there was for Jerusalem. So I'm going to look at that a little bit today. But first, a random question. Can I operate PowerPoint? Another random question. True or false? Put your thinking cap on, or you can put on your thinking mask. John the Baptist proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, now that you're done thinking about that, let's go to the passage um, that Andy read. Matthew 3, verses 1 through 6. And we're going to read all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, at what happens when John begins preaching. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now let me rephrase that in the way I was talking to you about that and the other way around. Repent, because school starts on Wednesday. Repent, because good things are about to happen. Or, if you refuse to repent, this is the end. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. There is no mention of him preaching the gospel except where he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now let's go to Mark chapter 1. Verses 4 and 5. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. That's what John was proclaiming right there. John was proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Let's go to Luke. Chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for 
the forgiveness of sins. Now, why, would, why is that what he's proclaiming? Well, let's go all the way back to Genesis. Let's look at the story of the Bible. We talked about this on Wednesday. The story of the Bible is God creates a beautiful world. And He gives us everything we need. And He sees that it's good. In fact, it's perfect. But He creates children in His likeness. And instead of putting a gun to our head and saying, you will love me, He gives us the choice. Love me or reject me. And everyone in this room has chosen to reject Him. I can say within the last 48 and probably 24 hours, I have chosen to reject God. We're all sinners in this place. So from Genesis on, God has been doing things to try to reconcile His children to Him. That's backwards, by the way. If you reject somebody, it's your job to repair the relationship. But from Genesis on, God has been doing everything just to repair the relationship between me and Him. And He continues doing that today. And for whatever reason, these people are talking about, because I really have gotten a lot of uh, phone calls and stuff this week, and it all kind of tends to be the same thing, is, you know what? I reject God, or I reject your notion of God, or I reject this command of God, or I reject that command of God. We're, we're still doing the same thing. The world is still the same. And like it or not, a lot of us still want the things the way we want them. We sin <coughs> because what we want is over here and God's saying, no, no, no. You, you don't want to do that. But of course I do. Of course I do. No, you really don't. I'm your Father. I love you. Listen to me. And we don't listen to Him. Because we want what we want. Because our lives are full of things that get us off. I know it's a little coarse way to put it, but I, I'm, I'm kind of trying to be coarse a little bit there. Because we trade the glory of God for the things that we feel like we have to have. And you don't have to have them. And God's saying, you don't have to have that. I will give you something a million times more valuable. And you're saying, well, I don't see it. And that is why we need to be saved from ourselves. John's baptism... called the people to cleanse themselves to avoid the coming destruction. And we'll look at that um, later on in Luke when we flip there. What coming destruction? Well, when, it, when John was preaching, he was preaching on two different levels. On the one hand, each of us needs to repent 
or we will face destruction. Is that because God is mean? Is that because God is vengeful? No. It's because God loves all the people, all of His children. And if you're going to be part of the problem of making the world the way it has become, God cannot let that stand. You understand that? God can't let that stand. So if you're not going to be on God's team, then you're going to have to be moved out of the way. On another level, John's talking about people of God, Jews. You need to repent or there is a coming destruction. And as surely as in A.D. 70, there was a destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And a destruction that continues to this day. There is also a coming destruction for me. And you're like, well, this isn't very uplifting. Well, it isn't, but it's the truth. And telling you a lie you want to hear isn't going to help you, and that's not my job. It's not going to help me. What has helped me in my life? What has turned me from the person I am into the person I'm becoming? Is putting the lies down on the floor where they belong and picking up the truth, even though sometimes I feel like it's a bomb that's going to go off and kill me because the truth is frightening in the sense that it makes me realize that I'm not as powerful as I think I am. But that's the truth. You're not. And as we're going to read here in Luke, you're not special. Steve, aren't you a counselor? Did you just tell me I wasn't special? You're not special. The only thing that makes you special is if you're a Christian, you are one of God's elect. You are God's new chosen people. That makes me special because I am chosen by God and called by God. Another thing, John's baptism, if you read all three of those passages with me, which I hope you did because they were on the screen. I was saying them out loud. Just kidding. Baptism requires repentance. Mongo not know what repentance means. Okay, that is one of those like preacher words. I know Mongo's a town. Um, so what does repentance mean? Well, we'll get into that in a second. Repentance requires admitting your sin. So while I'm kind of preaching the five steps of salvation today in a way, I'm also kind of not. Because confession, we do have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's all over, uh, especially John's writings, that if we confess Jesus Christ is Lord, then uh, we're in Him. But... The other important step in there is repenting of your sins. And what does it mean to repent? Well, it means stop doing the bad, dumb thing that you're doing. 
So, if you've, uh, those with whom I have counseled, some of you, especially if I'm doing anything with a couple, we have to learn how to apologize. Let me tell you something shocking. First of all, all of you people under 30 who think you're good at multitasking, you say that all the time, I'm really good at multitasking, there is a mountain of, of peer-reviewed study telling you you're terrible at multitasking. You're just not good. You're just doing five things badly. That has nothing to do with my sermon, but I just wanted to throw that out there. That's a bonus for this morning. The other thing is, you're bad at apologizing. No, I'm not, Steve. I'm very good at apologizing. You know what? You need to apologize for saying that because you're bad at apologizing. So, I have to teach people how to apologize. The first, most difficult part is getting them to admit that they've done anything wrong. Why don't people just take the L? You know what I mean? Why is it so difficult to say, you know what? I did bad. I can do better. Why is that so hard? You really think you're perfect? And yet so many of us, myself included, have trouble just saying, you're right. I could have done better than that, and I chose not to. And yet that seems so difficult. So many of my extended family members don't speak to each other just because one or in most cases, both of them won't say, you know what, I could have done that differently and I chose not to. Steve's going down some weird paths today. So I'm going to teach you how to apologize. Are you ready? This is Steve's apology formula. This is not from the Bible. This is just from this guy. All right. First, you have to say what you did wrong. That's the confession part, by the way. Two, you have to say why it was wrong. Three, you have to say what you plan to do better. Here's an example. I regret calling you a bonehead because you don't deserve to be called bad names. In the future, I will just tell you that I am frustrated. Wasn't that lovely? It was lovely. And for those of you I've called bonehead, except my children, because you are a bonehead, I apologize. Next time I will just tell you that I am frustrated. So I want to get into what this means for you and me, because Jesus says the axe is already at the bottom of the tree. God hasn't swung yet, but He's about to swing. The axe is already ready to go. And if you're in our Wednesday night class, we studied about how Jesus cursed a fig tree because that fig tree was doing nobody any good, taking up resources, and setting an expectation that, yes, there's fruit there. Come and eat. But there is no fruit. And when people need food, that tree is going to do nothing but just be a big green lie. So let's go farther in Luke chapter 3. I'm going to read 7 through 14. 
He said, therefore, to the crowds that came, this is John, said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. He wasn't a feel-good preacher, John wasn't. That wasn't, that wasn't a, you know, I just like what, what John had to say today. It made me feel good. No. He said, you brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Again, which wrath to come is he talking about? Both. Your personal wrath against you for making the world the way it is and wrath against Jerusalem for failing to be God's people when they were already chosen to be God's people. Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. Verse 8. Let's see that again. Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. You can't say you've repented if you're not bearing fruit. What does that mean? We'll talk about that in a second. And don't even say to yourselves, well, Abraham's our father, so we're special. Because I'll tell you, God is able to raise up stones as children of Abraham. God can create as many children of Abraham as He wants. That was a Steve paraphrase. Even now, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, well then, what shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. Whoever has food, is to share with him who has no food. Tax collectors came, and they wanted to be baptized. And they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said, Collect no more than you're authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, Okay, and what do we do? And he said to them, Don't extort money from people by threats or false accusations, and be content with your wages. And you're like, Well, I don't need to hear any of that. I share. I saw Sesame Street. Cookie Monster taught me to share. But we don't. And you're like, well, I'm certainly not a tax collector. Or I'm not going to take more than I'm owed. Really? I'm not a soldier who's going to extort people. Really? Here's the thing about repentance. is I get into all these levels of dedicating ourselves more to Christ but sometimes, just like when you're bad at a sport, you just need to get back to the basics. And these are the basics of changing from who you were to who God wants you to be. And we think we're above these, but we are not above these. We have to look out for the people in our world. And I don't want to get into a whole, well, the government shouldn't be taking money from... Okay, you know what? Fine. That's political stuff. I'm not going to get into that. That's, that's the government doing what it's doing. I don't care what the government has to do. I'm telling you what you have to do. Because if you repent, this is what you have to do. If you have something to give and someone needs it, you give it to them. Period. And that's harder than it sounds on the face of it. Because, number one, I want what I want. And number two, 
how do I know that I can actually give this to this person? Or maybe that's going to come back to bite me. Because God's your Father, that's how you know. It's not going to come back to bite you. We need to get back to these basic things. And when it comes to the tax collectors, he's saying, well, it's simple. Just stop taking more than you're supposed to take. Well, a lot of times, I take more than I'm supposed to take. We all do. And to the soldiers, he's saying, well, how about you just don't use your power because you can. And to some degree or other, we are all guilty of using our power against other people for our own gain. Because we have power as Christians and we have power as people. God has gifted us with things that we don't even consider gifts. But look at your life, the life that you lead, the advantages you have over other people, it's all too easy to use those advantages to get what you want. Yeah? Think about what you're good at. Think about what you have over other people. Isn't it all too easy to use those things to get what we want because, hey, that's just the way the world works. That's not the way the world is supposed to work. Every evil that has been in the history of mankind has been because someone said, well, I can do it. It's only, it's only wrong if you get caught. Or, you know what? That's just the way the world works. Well, you know what? That's not the way the world is supposed to work. The way the world is supposed to work is you use your power to make the world more like God intended it to be. Because if you want to be like God, if you want to be like Jesus, you accept the power from God, you thank God for the power He's given you, and then you don't sit there and go, well, it's cool to have powers. You use those powers to make the world more like God intended it to be. That is God's work. That is the kingdom of heaven. John came proclaiming the kingdom of heaven and proclaiming repentance. So basically, if I wanted to sum up this whole thing, John's basically saying, well, because <laughs> if you think about it, the people are coming, and he's like, well, how about you just stop being selfish? And the tax collectors come, and he's saying, well, how about you just stop taking more money than you're supposed to? And the soldiers come up, and he says, well, how about you just stop extorting people? And you're like, well, that's obvious for them. They shouldn't be doing those things. But here's the thing. When you come to repent to Christ, you know very, very well what it is you're doing. You know exactly what you're doing. And that's the point of what John's saying. I don't have to tell you, why are you coming to me asking me, what should I do? You know exactly what it is you're doing. 
And you need to change it. I am trying deliberately to step on everybody's toes, including mine. Because let's be honest with each other. Let's be honest. We know what it is we're doing. We know what it is we have to change. True or false? Well, then just do it. Just change it. You know in what ways you're being a jerk. You know in what ways you're being destructive. You're like, I don't see how that hurts anybody else. Yes, that's exactly what everybody in the history of the world has said. I don't see how this hurts anyone. If you could see how it hurts someone, then you would stop doing it. The thing is, though, all these questions I've been getting all week are the same questions... I ask, is, it, is what I'm doing really bad? I don't see what's bad about it. I want you to convince me that I can keep doing what I want to do and that God approves of it. I'm not going to do that because He doesn't. So we need to really, if, you, if we really want to be saved, is the, is the axe coming to the root of your tree? If you don't know the answer to that, I would say the answer is probably yes. Pray to God and say, God, show me what I need to change. Although you already know. Show me what I need to change. Then you need to change it. You need to do that apology that I said. God doesn't require you to use Steve's apology formula. But I'm saying it's a good thing, it's a good place to start because it includes all the things. God, I'm sorry that I sinned. Insert name of sin. I'm sorry that I lied. Because you're full of truth. And I'm your son, and I should do better than that. And the people around me trust me, and they deserve the truth. Just an example. I have some big secret hiding under there or something. And then you say, okay, what can I do better next time? Next time that situation comes up, I'm going to be brave enough to say the truth and take the lumps that I've earned. See how that plan works? Is everyone uncomfortable? I just picked one that is all too easy to do. Now, thank goodness after you repent that you stop sinning. Oh, that's not how it works. Well, I don't know how animals are here in Indiana, except for the ones I can smell from far away. And of course, the horses that I can smell close up. But I know, I remember those commercials, Happy Cows Come from California. Do you remember those? I'm from California where all those dairies are. It's about 105. They're kind of, they're not free range like they are here. Those are not happy cows, they're disgusting. But 
it's a little, I was afraid if I tried to pull up a picture of a cow in the situation that I wanted that I wouldn't be able to show it. But I did find this picture of a pig. I don't know what's in that mud, but I have some ideas. And it ain't good. And yet, that's what we keep doing, isn't it? We've been washed clean. Baptism fills us with the Holy Spirit. And the whole point of baptism, which is a made-up word, by the way, baptism is not a word. Baptism became a word because no one wanted to um, or couldn't find a good way to translate cleansed in water. Because that's all baptism means, is that we're cleaned by being put under the water. Right? We've been cleaned. We've been baptized. And we've come up pure and holy and beautiful. And then we run back out there and we just slide in the mud. And there's a couple things floating in that picture. I don't know what they are. But it doesn't make me want to eat lunch. Sounds like you could go without a lunch, Steve. You know what? Stop that. So then what do we do? Well, we turn to 1 John chapter 1. Verses 8 and 9. If we say we have no sin, we're just fooling ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If, on the other hand, we confess our sins, using Steve's formula, wait, that's not in there. If we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful. Faithful to what? Faithful to his promise. And He's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, it may seem like a basic message I have for you today. It's not basic as in simple or we're beyond that now. I don't need to look at it. I mean, it's basic as in foundational you need to change what you're doing. And you know what you're doing. And if you go back and do it again, that's not the end of the world because the one that cleansed you in the first place will cleanse you again. But if you reach that point where you're saying, well, you know what? These things just happen. You're lying to yourself. These things were never meant to happen. And I'm having to explain to my children why the world is the way it is. And the truth of it is because I helped make it that way. And so did you. These things don't just happen. They happen because you choose them and you need to choose differently. And God is a forgiving God. God is a just God. God is a long-suffering God if we truly repent, if we say, God, 
I'm sorry I sinned. And here's why I know what I did was wrong. And here's what I plan to do better. As long as we're willing to humble ourselves, He will exalt us. As long as we're willing to confess our sins, which is all we have to do, by the way. That seems unfair. But it's all we have to do. That is the good news. The good news is, if we're baptized and cleansed in Him, then if we confess our sins, Jesus will be true, faithful to His promise to cleanse us from those sins. And that's the beautiful thing. My message today isn't one of, oh, now, now i got to go home and my life is going to be terrible. Well, if that's, how you, if that's how you hear it, you got it backwards. Because the, the person you are becoming by choosing sin is not the person you want to be. It's not the person anybody around you wants you to be. The good news is Jesus can cleanse you from who you have made yourself into and make you into that which God created you to be. And all you have to do is humble yourself and ask. That's beautiful. I I could tell you stories of previous me. It's not pretty. But God has changed that man into this man. And this man is not perfect. This man has work to do. But God's transforming power is beyond your comprehension. And He wants to fill your life with that power so that you can have life to the full. Not boring. I'm going to have boring life now. No. So you can have life to the full. Because all that fun stuff is just poison down your, down your throat. In my case, that was kind of literal. So, the message I have for you today is repent and be baptized. And if you've been baptized, you need to confess your sins. We're told to confess our sins to one another. We don't do that too much. Get into that. That's, that's for another day. But if you want to set the example of confessing your sins to your brothers and sisters, you can do that. If you're not a Christian, you can be baptized and you can be cleansed from the person that you've made yourself become. And you can be washed clean so that Jesus can renew you day by day. If you have any other need, you want us to pray for you, you have, a, you have something joyous that you want to tell us about, let us know that too. We're going to sing a song as we sing that. If you have any of those things, if you want to be baptized, if you want to confess your sins, if you have a praise or if you need something, come forward while we stand and we sing this song.